and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And on this marvelous day, we get to finally be in person. In person, the best way to podcast. Yeah, that's kind of how we like to do it. I've been trying to come up a lot more and visit a lot more frequently. Um, but yeah, uh, beyond that, not really a whole lot's happened. It's kind of just a really quick in and out type of visit. But uh, I know we both saw Black Panther. Yeah, we did see the Black Panther, and it was really awesome. I know... Ryan was admiring these like weird little buttons I had from like the... Oh, yeah, we can talk about that, because you saw that and I didn't. Yeah, there's a little... Well, it came out like a little bit a while ago, like in special select cinemas. It was like, you know, the new... It wasn't Miyazaki movie, but it's like the new like sub-studio of Miyazaki. Is it all his protégés or whatever? Pro- I don't know, probably. I don't know. It's all his like, like, these are all my children I have of the year, <laughs> like an old ancient king. He just, he just I travel the world spreading my seed. <laughs> He's like, I am done. Now you are free. He just takes the lock off the door. Yeah. Oh, my shirt running, just like fucking out booking it. On all fours of them. <laughs> they grab just like paintbrushes and inks and everything like that. Doing some really like whimsical Miyazaki shit, like flying away like on a giant paintbrush or some shit. One guy just like takes his balls out and just expands Turns and flies into a away. Glider, flies away like one of those fucking tanukis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, no, they had that Mary and the Witch's Flower, and like I, we, we literally we drove all the way down to like Manteca to go see that. So it was like two hours away <laughs> to go see a movie. But that was the closest one showing it because I think they only played it at AMC theaters at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing another showing of it because I keep seeing ads that says like it's coming back for some reason. And but I kid you not, the theater was extremely crowded because you know every time we've ever seen a Miyazaki movie, you always notice how there's nobody there. We haven't seen that many in theaters, at least I haven't. Well, yeah, I, love, I mean, like, when I, when I say, I mean, like, you know, like, the two. Yeah, I went to go see Secret World of Arietti, and that was even, like, us, like, double-taking, like, wait, what? Because I didn't even know that that, that movie was coming out, like, it was a Miyazaki movie, but we were flipping through, like, what's playing, like, and I saw, like, just this girl that had a Miyazaki look to her, I'm like, is that a Miyazaki movie? I click, I'm like, it's a Miyazaki movie, I have no idea about it, but it's playing, and, like... An hour. Yeah, want to go see it? Hour, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We want to go see it? Like, yeah, sure. So that was when we just went into blind. And we're like, oh, this is an adaptation of The Borrowers. And then, yeah, we were like one of four people in there, maybe. If that even. like, I, yeah, Two of four. One of four. Two well, of this four. one actually, I kid you not, was like jam-packed. Like, it might have been almost even like close to sold out. Mm-hmm. And it, it had like a weird Manteca audience. I'm not too sure. I mean, obviously, people probably traveled from many moons to get there. It's you know when a theater or there's only one theater's playing it like in a 300 mile radius. Maybe not. There's like a cat bus in the parking lot or something. Well, I don't know. It's just like it had just like some of the goofiest like people that have like never like they just came out of the woodworks. Like literally, there's people there that they probably are never in the public ever. <laughs> like they were so like weird and unsocial and goofy and just like. Like, the bad anime stereotypes. Like, the one thing that makes you kind of go, like, boy, should I still look at this anime stuff anymore? If this is the if this is who I get, like, put together with? We looking at the guy that probably, um, little portly, not, not a problem, but we're all, but the combination of wearing a collar, has, a, has like, wearing, like, a dog collar, ponytail, glasses, like, that kind of weird... That ballpark. Definitely that ballpark. Maybe, maybe even, even you though... You know, like, the, like, you know, the ladies that are, like, 400 pounds, and they got, like, their little, like, black outfits on, their anime hats and stuff, and... Or even, like, I'm not trying to, like, distinguish too much here. I know this is almost, like, a diff... I know this is still anime fans, but... People, like, with the Naruto, like, headbands or whatever... No, not that, like, not that, I mean, like, way the more cat hardcore. cat ears, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about just, like, the light anime fans. I'm talking about, like, just the weird, goofy... Like, this isn't, not like, oh, you're into it. Like, oh, this is a lifestyle. 
Yeah, sort of. But then also, like, but so much of a lifestyle that they don't take care of the other parts of life. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, education and health and, you know, public appearance. That kind of, like, anime group. Because that's the downfall. Of anime. I notice at least comic books don't really have that. You know what I mean? The worst thing you get comic books is, like, you get the slightly overweight guy in a Captain America suit where his belly's hanging out. Like, pants. Yeah. And it's like, that's the worst, though, almost, as far as comic books go. Anime goes to a whole nother ballpark. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that maybe even because it's more of, like, a little bit of... Because anime, I guess comics are, like, American. Merc. And, yeah, it's American, so it's a little bit more, even by people who don't like comics, like, look, we don't like it, it's for nerds, but at least it's American. At least got freedom and, in it. Yeah. At least Spider-Man's, you know, saluting the flag. He's red... He's like red. Well, not not what. Well, I guess there's white and the eyes. Yeah, he's red. He's got white, white in the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> white in the skin. White in the skin. It all panned out. <laughs> and then you got Captain. Then you got, so I think that's why you get people. I don't know. I don't think that's the reason for everybody, but I think for some people they view anime just a little nerdier. And depending on the anime you like, I can kind of get where you come from on, on that. Well, because yeah, and this was just one of those ones. Like the audience was that kind where like they wanted to like talk during the movie and be. Oh. It was like. But not like the, you know, because there's two types of talking. There's talking where, like, I don't give a fuck, or I'm too old to hear what I'm saying. But this was more there's like the talking. of just leaning like the anime joke one. to your friend real quick. Yeah, but, like, they felt like they, they wanted to share all their in-jokes of all their friends. So it was kind of like, it was a mixture. Maybe that also, like, kind of brought the movie down a bit, little bit, because it's kind of a mixture of this, like, bad situation. Or just like that kind of, like, God, this stupid audience. I was expecting there would be, like, ten people here. Like, that was what I was hoping for. Uh-huh. And so on. It was actually kind of funny, though. When the movie started... Also, they're like, start playing all these trailers. I'm like, why the fuck is there all these trailers? It's like a special event movie. Like, why is there all these mm-hmm. trailers? And then next thing you know, it's like the George Lucas sign comes up. I'm like, fuck, is George, they put George Lucas's name above this? Is he the one who brought it over to America? Like, you know? And then all of a sudden, the fucking Star Wars deck starts rolling. It's like, oh, the guy runs in. He's like, my bad, we, we had the wrong projector going. I'm like, please tell us we don't have to watch like another like 40 minutes of like trailers again if that's the case. <laughs> You're putting on Last Jedi. Like, oh, our bad. Sorry. Yep. So, of course, there was kind of, it made for kind of a funny moment, but like, you just realized like, oh, that wasted 40 t- minutes of like, it felt like AMC had like way more previews than like almost any theater I've ever been to. Yeah. Whenever I go to AMC theaters, because that's when I, the way it works is I got two local theaters near me, and uh, they're within walking distance. And I'm, chances are, if I can, I'm going to one of those. If not, I'm like, fuck, gotta get on the 38 and go down to AMC, because mm. that's the closest one, playing Logan or whatever. And that right there, it always is, like, just so many fucking trailers. And I'm kind of at that point where I'm kind of... I'm, I'm wrong. I like going to the movies, and I like seeing trailers, but I really think they're at the point where they just play way too fucking many. Yeah, you know, it would be nice if they did, like, three, but then they really rotated them. Like, that, because that's my thing, is I hate when you just kind of see the same trailer, like, the one there's, like, certain movies that just, like, come on, guys, make a second or third trailer. Well, you can kind of guess, even, like, all right, well, this is a Warner Brothers movie, so this is one Warner Brothers trailer I've seen over and over again, or this is a, uh, action, I remember there was that period for, like, six months, we saw the trailer for the, um, Counselor, or whatever. <laughs> the same trailer. Same exact Every show. time. Yeah. You know, it's one of those ones. Like, I'll say this, this comes up later for Black Panther, but Black Panther, I was actually like, dude, all the, tra- there was like, out of like the six trailers or whatever, like five of them are brand new ones. So I was like, oh, that's Six trailers awesome. isn't too bad right there. That's good. Yeah, so that's not so bad. But going back to Mary and the Witch's Flower, it's like, what this movie was is like, okay, if you never saw a Miyazaki movie, it's probably, like, you probably would really enjoy it. Be like, wow, this is magical. This is awesome. I don't, I'm surprised I never did this. Like, it would be a perfect gateway movie almost. But kind of, if you've seen every single Miyazaki movie, 
This was exactly what Miyazaki was talking about when he went on that like rant where he's like, anime is just all the same. They're just repeating over and over the same thing over again. Nobody's doing anything original. And I just picture it like I don't I don't want to know what the real story is. It's probably him in just like a light interview. He's probably very calm, sitting back, just like going across. But I like to picture him at like a Japanese anime con, just running around, just like so angry, just like <laughs> it's all the same. What's wrong with it? And he sees like a Dragon Ball Z super, and he's like, no. No, no, no! And he grabs like a Goku statue and just starts pulling it down, like, like you know, like kind of like the scenes, like when you saw them taking down Saddam Hussein's statue. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, he's taking down this Goku statue, and he's just pulling it out, like, no, no more! It's done! It's done! It's over! And then he grabs like a Molotov cocktail, like chucking it at One Piece. He's like, and someone's like, that, that, that it's still old. He's like, yeah, but it just never stops, never stops. He just keeps running by, just flipping tables over, punching animators in the face. If he sees, like, a schoolgirl outfit, he's like, No! Not more of this schoolgirl magic shit! Punches her out, just, it's like, he just, just like, puts a burka over her. <laughs> like I'm he Jason it It's from a different age! And then, like, he's, like, just this 75-year-old man on this rampage going through this... But no he stops, that. he sees a guy dressed as Lupin the 30th. You're okay! Keeps going. Oh, now. Because they're only rebooting you. Yeah. But it's just one of those ones. Like, this movie, though, felt like... Whoever put it together, like, really loved Miyazaki almost too much. Like, almost like to the point, maybe this is the only movie he's ever watched. Because it just felt like he just cherry-picked, like, his favorite moments from, like, throughout Miyazaki's kind of career. And just kind of combined it into one solid movie. Did now, I didn't see it. But this wasn't a Studio Ghibli movie, was it? It was actually something where they... It was a bunch of people that worked for him and made this movie. Correct? It might might have been something like that. It might have been an offshoot. Because it looks Miyazaki as fuck just from the Yeah, generation. I mean, like, I feel like it still was probably connected to, like, he probably was still collecting a paycheck at the end of the day, because I almost want to say he might have been in there as, like, executive producer or something like that, or... Because there's somebody else out there right now, and he's not... I could say I, could say I see a clear difference between the two, but he's kind of, like, sort of the newer Miyazaki in the sense of, like... He he tells anime movie he makes anime movies but they're they have a lot more emotion to them and they have a little bit more of that sense of whimsy and they're always kind of age stories. He did um, the boy and the beast. Mm-hmm. He also did a girl the girl who leapt through, through time. time. Okay, I didn't see it, but he did Summer Wars. So and I he, I think he even did a segment on the on the Digimon movie that earlier on in his career. Huh. So um, I'm going to assume that what fucked that movie up was the American dub, not even the. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. I think. I think it's, it's, it's I don't just, think. I don't think I had real big fish in the original version. Not real big fish. Uh, like uh, mighty Boston. Mighty mighty Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, but no, it's like well, it's the Mary and the Witch of Fire. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's still like a good movie. But it's just it's it's literally nothing really original. It feels like you've seen it. It was literally Miyazaki by the numbers. Like, it almost felt like if you wanted, if you got, like, a book, it's like, ah, oh, Miyazaki, you know, by the numbers, you know, create your own animation. Like, that's what this was. It was literally, like, somebody just filled in the blank. Like, they pulled out the Miyazaki handbook every mm-hmm. once in a while. Like, what would Miyazaki do here? And that's, like, how they, like, judged it. It felt like it just didn't have, like, you see that every once in a while when people create stuff, whether it be comic books or movies or things like that, where somebody, they almost don't really have their own original ideas. They just, like, the, they really, really like certain things. But they just kind of almost make like a knockoff version where they, you know, you see it in the comic books a lot where you pull this up and go, this is, I wish I was G.I. Joe. Or this is, I wish I was Batman. Or this is, you know, I mean, like, it's not original enough. That's sort of how this felt. You know, it just felt like I wish we were making like Kiki's Delivery Service mixed with Ponyo, mixed with, 
you know, little elements of um, Howl's Moving Castle and so on. Well, I'm looking at this little button right here, and he talks about anime um, cannibalizing itself. This, with the exception of the art style, because Miyazaki movies always have a very distinct art style. Mm-hmm. Exception of the art style, just this little anime girl giving this cute, uh, like, cute expression with her hands up. Like, ah! These little like sparkles around here, and something written Japanese, which I'm guessing that's her name, or maybe yeah. a saying. It says, um, you're a dick on it. <laughs> just says, like, it's a stupid asshole who can't read Japanese. <laughs> like, oh, wow. That... And she get a lot in, like, these few little symbols. Now, um... Uh, like that right here. I mean, that looks anime as fuck right here for being something that Wally wants to just. And I'm just going strictly off a button, mm-hmm. not even a movie. But you, I mean, I saw the, I saw like a clip of it, and the animation looks beautiful. Oh but. yeah, the animation's great. I mean, like it, it's not like it's bad. It's just one of those ones. It's just not almost like original enough. Mm-hmm. As I said, if you were somebody you only watched like one or two Miyazaki movies, you probably would think this one's fantastic. But I think it's just one of those ones, if you went down his whole career, like we got the whole box set over there that has every single Miyazaki movie, and then I bought all the other Miyazaki movies that weren't in it, like Lupin the Third and so on, you kind of just kind of, it's almost like you, you just see, like you, you've seen it all, and then it's kind of like, okay, do something fresh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And somebody kind of just, I, I guess this is how I'd say it, for the, it's like, for the Superman fan, it's kind of like Superman Returns. Like, I still like yeah. Superman Returns, but it's like, that's totally like a safe Let's not try anything too different, movie. Well, that's also like somebody who clearly never read the comics. He just liked the movies. Yeah, and that's sort of how this movie kind of felt too. Like at the end of the day, still a good movie. If you didn't, you know, see a whole lot of them, you'd be like, because really, Superman Returns was one's like. Let's say all you watch is Superman one, two, and then you went to Superman Returns. It's probably like the perfect like continuation for just that person. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. Like, what more could I want? But you know, for someone who's kind of seen a little bit a broader picture, you're like, oh, I want something a little bit more original. That's yeah. how this movie kind of felt. No, I, I can see that. I mean, I haven't really. Because uh, I'd say if you see it, like I would watch it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's not like it's bad. It's still pretty cool. It's still got an interesting kind of concept going on and whatnot. It's just you can just see almost like that where I don't know. It just it feels kind of phony. Sort of like, it's like, that's not your style. You're not Miyazaki, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that, it almost has that feeling of like, kind of like aping somebody's style, like a little too much. I wonder if he saw the movie, just had his hand in his fucking head the whole it's time. It's like, just starts I'm throwing the soda at like the screen, like, no, no! Well, he is a very, he, I'm not sure if I'd say bitter, but he is, he, he will say, like, whatever fucks on his mind, like... Back in the beginning of the Iraq War, he was very much like, What the fuck is Bush doing? Which, I know back at the time, like, some Japanese, maybe Chinese, we don't know, we don't keep up with this shit. Yeah. Animator was talking shit on a president. You gonna take that bullshit? Like, oh, wow, the guy won an Academy Award for Spirit of the Way. You did? Oh, fuck, I didn't even know it was the same guy. Sure, American is. journalism. Yeah, exactly. But, um... But yeah, no, that was fun. But no, Black Panther going to that one, and then also having finally having some like decent trailers because I didn't watch any of these trailers, so there wasn't like it's like oh cool we get a Han Solo trailer and we get um fuck I can't remember what else there was there, there was a bunch of brand new ones that I didn't see yet at least in theaters because I just like the, I like to wait for like like I hear about my like, cool. willpower yeah I, I got that willpower I don't I don't like to cheat myself unless it's a movie that I don't think will kind of have a theater trailer I like how you avoided eye contact like I don't want to cheat myself I like to cheat myself you know <laughs> I like to get the theater experience but um but no you know what I was really glad with with Black Panther is 
They got rid of all the sitcomness of it. I mean, there's still jokes in there, and there's still jokes that probably like I feel like they're just in there just to be there. Like they the felt kind of the Marvel like they felt kind of like out of place, but they never but they never took me out of the movie. It didn't feel like I was watching Black Panther the sitcom where it's like now returning Black Panther the sitcom. <laughs> you know, it's just like and he's just walking around, he's like stumbling and cracking jokes. Like it, the movie was still serious. Like it felt like it was in the. I kind of feel if you go back to like the Thor. Captain America, like, the real, like, the first kind of movies, in a sense, maybe, like, second ones, too, like, that section, other than, like, Avengers, Avengers when it was kind of, like, goofy, but then that was, like, a one and done, and the next thing you know, they're back to being kind of serious again for a while, like, that time period, it's, like, it's great when you watch those movies, because there's almost, like, if there is a, there, there always is a couple of jokes, but they always feel like there's so little that they never take you out of the movie, and they never really kind of break the fourth wall, and... They, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, there, if there is a joke character, it's probably just one or two guys. It's never, like, everybody's cracking jokes. Where I feel just like, in the, recently, Marvel, it's just like they made, like, everybody. Everybody's the funny guy. Who's not the funny guy? You know what I mean? There might be that one guy who's just taken serious, or two guys. But for the most part, it's like, everybody's making jokes. You know, I, like, I feel like some movies, like Thor 3, like, you could literally have a laugh track going the whole time in that movie. That's yeah. how much jokes are going on. And it's still a good movie. It's not that it's bad, but even though... That's one of those weird movies where, you know, there's films where... You, when you think about it, like, you watch it, you're like, ah, you know, that was okay. And then about three days later, you keep thinking about it, and you're like, you know what? That was actually a really good movie. I feel like Thor 3 was, is, like, the exact opposite. Like, the more I think about that movie, I'm like, it's good, but I'm like, you know, I kind of like it less and less the more I think. And I, I don't know. I think it's just because, like, I think there's a couple things, like, one, they just sort of destroy Thor's world. They toss out all his side characters. They, 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 they just kind of waste the Warriors 3 like it's no big deal. Yeah, that, and I think that, you know, because I was watching Thor 2, and it's like, God, it's so badass having that scene where, like, all the Warriors 3 are fighting together, and Thor's there, and he's like, hey, I love you, Mr. Chinese man. Come on, let's go. Stay for people. It's great. You know what I mean? He's like, he had a he's like yo, I'm not Chinese, but thanks, Thor. <laughs> 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 you know and finally somebody realized how to do long hair in that movie because that's like the only downfall of the first movie is like shit whoever was like on the production design like gave Loki and Thor like the worst haircut like they did not understand how long hair works you never leave it at shoulder length shoulder length is always yeah. that awkward it bounces off you don't know where it's supposed it's to be going kind of a plant dome yeah it's like both of them have terrible hair and then all of a sudden it's fixed like in two and you know I think in Avengers it might have been fine by that point but but still, it's like they just totally kind of like... I think that's what almost bothers me. It's like the comedy bothers me a lot, don't get me wrong, in Thor 3. But what bothers me almost more when I think about it is just how they just like fucking ixnade like all of like Thor's world. And they said, fuck, people like Thor, they apparently don't care about the rest of his thing. Here's, I think, what happened with Thor. Um, I think the first one happened and people liked it. And it was a fish out of water story. So it's like, mm. okay, so we get all these weird, crazy elements, but we're primarily in Earth the whole time. And it's this guy interacting with the stuff... And then they get to Thor 2, and the thing I feel kind of bad, I don't, I'm not that I feel really bad, but the feel, thing I feel weird about Thor 2 is, Thor 2, I said, okay, here's a list of everything I want. I just want Thor to stay in Asgard, and in mm-hmm. these different realms, and just do, fight monsters, and that kind of shit. And he does that through most of the movie, but for whatever reason, the story just feels really stiff. And it's, well, you know what? It's, it's Jane Foster kind of ruins Thor. That's like it's it's that's the character in her her group that really, if you sum it up, because I've really I've been watching Thor one and Thor two. Like I actually like those ones a lot more, kind of like now. And if you even watch the first one, actually most of it actually does take place in Asgard. Oddly enough, it's only like it's maybe like a third of it takes place on Earth. But it's once again, it's, it's kind of like and that one almost sort of works in its weird way. Like mm-hmm. Thor one, I can feel like I can almost give like a slight pass to. The second one should have been almost more Asgard, but it's that thing where it's like, 
I'm moping around. Where's Jane at? And then his dad's like, you fucking idiot. Look at the lady Sif standing right there. You, what's wrong with you, Thor? I'm saying to you this, not as like the all-father, as your goddamn motherfucking father. <laughs> I wish that's how Anthony Hopkins played him. He's like, goddamn, boy, let the cute guy. I'm going to release Loki on her next. God, it's my only other son. I mean, I, I know I just stole him. I stole him. I, I, I stole a blue that baby. Boy. Stole a blue baby. I always wanted one of these. I literally, literally put it in my pocket and walked out of there. <laughs> like it was that game Shinmu. <laughs> yeah. Just take whatever. Just right in my back pocket. Whatever I found that I wanted, I put there. Oh, a child. <laughs> But it's just one of those ones that's like, I feel it's, it's the Lady Sif. And I think it's the thing is, too, or not Lady Sif, I mean, um, Jane Foster. And I think if you go to, like, old school, like, Thor, like, the old Marvel Thor, where it's like, here's this guy, he's a teacher, but he's crippled. But he really likes, uh, you know, ancient stories, and he's a real good-hearted man. And he grabs, you know, the power of, since he's worthy enough, he can grab the hammer and he turns into Thor. And that's what turns him into Thor. So he's not technically Thor, he just has the power of Thor. I think that's fine for, like, a Jane Foster character. But once you go to, like, oh, no, it's actually Thor, I think you should minus that Jane Foster character out. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I granted, I know that's in the comics, but that's something I've never liked. The Jane Foster character, I feel, just takes away... Like, it's one of those... If you're going to be Thor-Thor, stick to more, you know, like, Norse mythology, stick to that kind of realm. But if you're going to be the guy who's, the you know, the teacher... You know, who's crippled, and he's like, I'm hiding a hammer on the cane. <laughs> oh, no, I lost my cane. Is that I... an innuendo of some kind? <laughs> yeah. One of those ones. Then I think it's fine, but... It... And I think that's the only thing that kind of brings it down. Which, granted, you get the Thor 3, and you're like, oh, shit, they got rid of the Jane Foster character, and they stay away from Earth the whole time? This should be perfect. But then it's like, well, guess what they're going to do? They're going to throw in a lot of comedy. A lot of comedy. I mean, a lot of comedy. Like, more comedy than, like, the last comedy you probably watched in theaters. Well, here's the thing. Um, Thor 2, I still like Thor 3 more than Thor 2. But I think people, Marvel realized that Thor 2 was their lowest rated movie and people just liked that one the least, it mm -hmm. seems. So they're like, alright, you know what it is? It's, I, I mean, I, it wasn't what bothered me. It was just something about that movie just seemed a little stiff. I liked his world. I just yeah. thought something about the movie just seemed offbeat. So I think that a lot of other, they're just like, oh, what if we just took him out of Asgard and made it more like Guardians of the Galaxy and just amped the fuck out of the comedy? Mm -hmm. And like I said, I enjoyed the movie. It's just one of those movies that was just, uh, we were, you were getting ready. I like whenever we're going to talk about something we like about Marvel. We got to spend right. 20 minutes kicking something in the no, dick no, no, no. we don't like about but this, it. But this leads in, <laughs> this, this is a perfect lead in to Black Panther, though. Is because, you know, and once again, Thor 3, it's still fun. It still has some really good action in it. You know, when it does things right, it does things right really well. Yeah. It's just the comedy, and then I think just like, when I think about just the ending of the movie, just really killing off Thor's world. I mean, not just lightly killing it off. I mean, like, it'd be one of those ones if the Warriors 3, let's say Asgard fell, but, and you know, Odin dies. I mean, I, mean, I get that. That may kind of makes sense just for, like, the Ragnarok and all this stuff, make the story feel more epic. But... If the Warriors 3 and Lady Sif and all those would have joined Thor and came there, I think I would have been like, yeah, sure. But once you just kind of see them all just, like, crappily killed off, it's kind of like, I don't know. Just like, that's just, like, totally, like, just... We're like, hey, we got Spider-Man coming in. Let's get rid of Thor. We got the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Apparently, they're way more popular. Let's get rid of Thor's world. We don't need to see this anymore. And I just feel that kind of bothers me. There's the Asian dude. He was he, he at least had a fight scene. If you kill off the Warriors 3... He had three, a fight scene, yeah. If you kill off the Warriors 3, it's like, all right... And I'm not even one of those people who's a huge Thor fan or a huge fan of the Warriors 3, but I just recognize that they have a fan basis and people have been following these characters. So when you open up and the two, like, uh, the guy, Ray Stevenson's character, and then there's the blonde guy, when they're there, 
and then all of a sudden, just two knives shoot through a portal, and they're gone. They don't even get a fucking line. It's like, oh damn, they just flat out wasted these bitches. I know. It's just, I know, no I, remorse. Yeah, it's just. It was it's, like it was kind of like this is an homage to Ultimatum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You just like stumble across pages and see what happened without like, really knowing what happened. Just turn a page. Oh shit, Daredevil's dead. Turn a page. Oh god, Wasp has her guts eaten out. Turn another oh page. shit! The swords came through, and the warrior—he's <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what it was. And now coming into Black Panther, Black Panther fixed all that kind of problems. I felt like the story was taken serious. It stuck to like his land, like pretty much the whole time. Because I was always kind of thought to him, like, I'm like, it's gonna kind of be like, oh yeah, you know, here's Wakanda. Uh, by the way, let's get out of there. Let's go to London. You know what I mean? Like, we're just gonna hang out here for the rest of the movie. You know, you know what London is, right? You only see it like in 90 percent of the movie. Well, 90 percent movies take place in Europe. <laughs> well, I know people said this about Captain America, but I felt a little bit about this. This seemed a little bit more kind of. Well, Captain America seemed a little bit more kind of like born identity to some extent. This one seemed a little bit more like James Cap Bond. Captain America 2 seemed mm-hmm. a little kind of like Born Identity, kinda. You know, just more of the espionage kind of shit. This one had a little bit more of the glitz and glamour since he's a rich guy and he's a prince and all that. So, you know, mm-hmm. when they go to Korea and... The, the movie has... I mean, there's a lot of things going on. I feel like the thing about Black Panther is he's such a interesting combination because he's kind of like... He's kind of like Batman in the sense... I mean, alright, he does... Batman, he has like... Batman doesn't have the enhanced strength, but the thing is, okay, he knows nearly every martial art. Yeah. He's one of the smartest guys in the world. He's got technology. He's got technology. But then you also, he feels like a little bit of Aquaman in the sense of he's part of the secret society that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, he because, yeah, he does have these kind of, like, mixed things, which I think makes it kind of for a cool character. And I think always Wakanda is always a neat place. Whenever you see that in the comics, it's always... It's just one of those places where it's like, that's cool. Like they, that, That's always a place that needs to be explored more often. Because it's more like, you know, you see them like, you watch like the Avengers TV shows or something like that. And like, you know, they'll always have Black Panther in there for like a moment or something like that. But they never like go totally into like his stuff as much. He's always kind of like put in the shadows. Like Tony Stark's like, yeah, you know, he could be an Avenger, but I, I got a payroll to fill here. You know what I mean? I'm only going to pay. F- Shit, Thor, you, have you seen how much he eats? Yeah. <laughs> Black Panther, he, he'll, he'll be fine. He's a king. He could, he'll land on his feet. Plus, he's a cat, so it all pans out. Too. I mean, I know he's got his own money, but, you know, at some point, when I've just learned about being an Avenger, somebody's going to ask for a hand up from Tony. That's just how it goes. <laughs> well, I even like that line, and going back to, like, just the... Uh, we said this before, we're, like, the minority, but, like, Avengers 2 is one of my favorite... I know, that's like one of the best ones, too. And it's not too overcrowded with comedy, but here's a line that actually says something, it's all like, it's a a comedic line, but it fits, where I think, uh, what's her name, Um, Maria Hill says something to Tony, says like, what are we doing boss? Like, actually, he's the boss. I just, you know, pay for everything, make everything, make everyone else look cooler. But, you know, that's fine. He's the boss. And that's, like, that's, that's, <laughs> See, that's, that's a Tony that, Stark line that works. That, well, that's, I mean, because this is, well, this is how I judge comedy, like, in these type of movies. There's comedy that happens, like, naturally, and then mm-hmm. there's, like, shoo-in comedy where it's just, why would that happen? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like it's almost like breaking the fourth wall. I almost feel some of the characters are almost supposed to turn and look at the audience and go, that was pretty funny, don't you think? I thought I saw a lot of that in Thor 3. But, yeah, see, um, Thor 3 was, like, tons of that. And this had, like, some of that, not that to that level of comedy, but some of the, you know, there's the part when, because um, she's a, basically one of the comedic relief characters, but I think she worked for the movie, uh, Black Panther's little sister. Mm, who's pretty the much scientist. the Q. She's the Q, and she got out there, and she was fighting. She was probably one of my favorite mo- characters in the movie, uh, Shuri. She, uh, at some point, 
when they're testing, like, he's like, okay, why don't you hit this? Because that's where they make the kinetic energy suit. She says, why don't you hit the suit? He's like, you're recording this. For scientific purposes. And then uh, she hits the th- he hits the thing, goes flying back, runs yeah. into something, cut to the next scene. That's comedy that works. Well, because yeah, that, that, that makes kind of sense, because it's like more just like she's just playing a practical joke on it. They do have some, like, I, I can't really remember them, because they're not, they're not that bad, but they're just, there's a couple jokes in there. I felt like, like almost like somebody in Disney's like, you got to put a joke there. But there's not supposed to be a joke here. No, put a joke there. People want jokes. When they just kind of put one in there where it's kind of like, you can kind of see it's kind of like a... Oh, I see what they're trying. It kind of, it's kind of out of place, but it doesn't take me out of the movie. You know what I mean? The only one that really stood out to me is when they go to like the uh, Mount the Gorilla tribe, and there's a part where everyone's like, "I'm with you, I'm with you," and the guy, the, the king is in the corner, like, "Uh, yeah, can you guys get out of my place now?" Like, oh, that's yeah. like the only one. That I remember the one where he's like just starts fucking yelling at the Hobbit. I thought that one was kind of funny because he was just like, I will, f- I will kill you and feed you my children. He's, he's, he's old and like, I'm just kidding, we're vegetarians. Like, I thought that worked. Well, I, I think that one worked too. Mm-hmm. Like that, that one's like one of those ones like, see that, it's like the kind, it, it's weird, it's this fine line. Like sometimes I just think people, a lot of people just don't understand like how you kind of properly do comedy, especially like in action mm-hmm. movies. There's like, there's a way you got to do it. And it's like, it, it's, it's a very like skill that I just don't think a lot of people have. Like they don't know the difference between like slapstick and normal comedy. And before we get too far into this, and we'll say spoilers ahead for this. Um, yeah, this movie I'm going to say it's probably not one of my top five, but it's definitely up there. I think as far as top tier Marvel movies go, mm-hmm. it's probably within my top six or seven of the Marvel movies. And that's not saying anything bad because there's like what 19 of these things now. <laughs> yeah, so like, that's pretty high by comparison. I did notice like when I walked out of the theater for some reason I was like. Everybody wanted to talk to me about this movie. People I didn't know, people I sort of knew, people you know like that. And it seemed like most people, like the only kind of complaint I know that people kind of had is they're like, the movie was good, but it played. It was a very safe movie. And I'm like, well, I kind of expect that from Marvel. Like, I, you, what, what were you expecting, Logan? I feel <laughs> like, like you know what know. I mean. Like at the end of the day, that's that that to me is like Marvel is like when it's Marvel Studios. I don't expect it to be. I expect it to be safe. I just hope it just goes smoothly. You know what I mean? That's that's my kind of thing. I feel like Marvel Studio movies, they go, you can go either way. I feel like a majority of it is going to be safe, but then they're going to throw this other thing in there that kind of surprises you, whether like whether it be like controversial or not. Like The idea that Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger, is inciting a race war, I think that's kind of ballsy. For a Marvel movie, yeah, well, plus and Michael B. Jordan's character is like pure amazing. In this. He he's like one of the best because people always talk about like how Marvel villains suck, and I want to say they suck, but I can see that a lot of them aren't as fleshed out as other characters. But at the same time, there's the handful that stand out to me, and I know some people disagree with this, but the ones I think everyone agrees Loki. But then you got Killmonger, mm-hmm. you got Vulture from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, I think. Ultron. A lot of people say Ultron is just a mean robot. Like, oh, I thought that he had a lot of personality and he had a very simple plan, but at the same time, it makes sense that I think he had a lot of personality, and that personality makes sense why he'd have that because he's from Tony Stark. And then uh, there's a fifth one I was thinking of. Red Skull, of course. Red Skull was kind of just your average, like I am evil because I'm Nazi. But uh, well, yeah, they they had that sort of because it was like early Marvel studio. And I get that, like Red Skull, I just think in general. Let's not say movies, but just Mm -hmm. in general, I think Red Skull is a really good villain. I think that he works. And I'm not complaining about Red Skull, but yeah, there's a fifth one that I was thinking of that seemed like I thought actually um, Zemo was interesting in Mm -hmm. Civil War. So, you know, it's it's not going to be like, I'm not expecting like, you know, to every villain to kind of change my mind or challenge my <laughs> my own moral, moral, cent- moral center. 
But at the same time, I thought Killmonger was... Plus, Michael B. Jordan is, like, I think one of my favorite newer actors. He's uh, like, whenever he's in a movie, he just always, like, kills it. Like, always. Oh, just so good. You know that there's one of those things, like... Okay, he's like, well, I guess second time for this to happen. Because people forget Chris Evans, at one point in time, was the Human Torch. Yeah. And we all forget, oh yeah, Michael B. Jordan was the Human Torch I don't for forget, a minute. Dude, that was the best part of the movie, was Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch. He was, the, yeah. yeah. People already moved on, like, and no one, I didn't, I'm surprised Actually, I didn't hear anything. Actually, I'll say this, in the Fantastic Four 4... All the characters are fine. Like you mean, like I actually liked all the actors in that movie. They're I just slow think, as fuck. Yeah, it's just the movie itself just needed to go somewhere. That was that was about it. It just just need to go somewhere. When the child parts of the movie are probably the best parts of the movie, that's something wrong. <laughs> or it's like we're in this high tech military facility. Well, what are we doing here? What's your training room? My training room is uh, um in this big empty room. And there is three or four storage units around me, and I'm just doing my invisible shield, pushing them away. Yeah. Wow, really? God, they must have been cutting the budget on this bitch by this point of the movie. Yeah, it's like, well, it's one because that's the thing it's like about that Fantastic Four 4. It's not like, people make it out like it's the worst like superhero movie. That, that's not, because I don't think it's like a bad movie. I just think it's one you already had three Fantastic Four movies beforehand. It's kind of like, okay, you gotta do something different now. You can't do the same thing over and over. If that movie would have came out and there was never, ever a Fantastic Four movie, and that would have came out maybe even earlier, like in, let's say, 2000s, mm-hmm. I think that movie could have got a little bit more of a pass. I don't... I'm not gonna say it's like you know it's like you know oh god that's gonna change your mind, but I feel if it was the only Fantastic Four movie I th- and it was in the 2000s when like you didn't have like all these other movies so far, I think it could have got a pass. Yeah, but given everything that it was up against at the time, I don't think there's really anything special about the movie. It's not a horrible movie, but I don't think there's anything really that special. About yeah, it. it's it's um, like the weakest of all four Fantastic Four movies. But um, going back to this though. He was just a great villain, just because... I also thought, like, he didn't overshadow the movie. He kind of comes in a great way. Like, he's at a museum. You see him. He's checking out the different ar- artifacts. He has some lady come up, tell him a few things. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's like, I'll take this one. Like, oh, well, it's uh, not for sale. I'm like, I got a feeling that's what my ancestors said to your ancestors. And she's like, um, excuse me? He says, you had three guys on me since I walked into this place. He yeah. says, you got so much focus on me... You don't focus on yourself, like what you put in your coffee. And then she starts coughing. And yeah. You see that, like, oh, the lady at the at the counter was, was poisoned her. And that was just a very... And, like, even Ulysses Claw, the Andy Circus character. I heard mm-hmm. people complaining about him. I liked him a lot, too. I thought he worked good. He's I like, like the thing when there's only... The only real white people in the movie are from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I thought about, like, literally, you got Bilbo, you got Smeagol, you got two hobbits running around as your only, like, main white characters. <laughs> That's a good point. Why, you know, there's so... That, that's another thing. I don't, I'm not going to try and make this no political conversation, but I've heard people literally complaining about, like, you know what? I mean, I think it's cool that there's a black superhero movie, but I feel like they're <coughs> pandering <Blade>. too... <coughs> Spawn. Yeah. yeah. I think they're pandering way too hard to try and make, like, black people want to see this movie by making only, like, one of the white guys bad and one of the white guys just another background main character. It's like... How many fucking Marvel movies are there that star mo- a mostly white cast? And plus, it takes place in fucking Wakanda, <laughs> an African country. What the fuck do you expect? You want some, like, British tea salesman down there <laughs> yeah. or something? Like, come on. Like, really, what are you expecting there? What if they just have the token, like, you know, like how there was always, like, in the 90s, there was always the stereotypical, like, black friend? Like, yo, man! What if they have the stereotypical white friend, like... Like Chad <laughs> to like Black Panther, like, hey man, how's it going? 
those ones. I just got back from Bed Bath & Beyond. Hello, Chad. You like your Bed Bath & Beyond, don't you? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. He's Maybe like, we'll go to Starbucks after this. Thanks for putting a Starbucks in Wakanda. It's great here. <laughs> I love black people. Yeah, like I know, guy. Chad. They just high-five. <laughs> like, you never go on the adventure with them. Whenever they go back to Wakanda, he's in the room with them. That would be like the character in uh, Undercover Brother that's played by uh, fucking... Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris and stuff. But they're like... He's like, he's like Eddie Griffin's like, dude, how this white guy gets get a job here, like in the most underground, like super secret black organization and stuff like that. And the boss is all like, affirmative action. <laughs> <laughs> I just say the funny. He's just like as white as you can get, but he's still like a real good guy. No, I almost give it like Craig is like this is the one thing I kind of thought I was like, so that movie was like jam packed. Like that movie was just as crowded as any other. Marvel movie, and I kind of wondered, like, I was just doing the thing, because, you know, in certain theaters across America, just because it is America, when there's a black movie, no different than an Asian movie, no different than probably a Mexican movie, the chances of people showing up for opening day is very slim. I'm just going to point that out. I bet you a lot of people in America could point that out, that when you go to a certain movie, there's just not as many people showing up to it. And I just kind of wondered with this one, I'm like... Will there be? And then all of a sudden, it's like, this movie's jam-packed. I'm like, that's, like, actually, like, a record-breaking thing because of, of, of pretty much a movie that's, like, 99% all black and you have that many people showing up, that's well, actually pretty darn impressive. I mean, just is like, a whole... Like, that's a, that, that, to me, minds you, like, that's a progressive thing. Now, some people go, like, well, yeah, duh, it's a Marvel movie. I'm like, yeah, but still, if Marvel is the gateway movie, that's cool. You know what I mean? That is. And Marvel, you said that when you went to go see um, Straight Outta Compton, it was a pretty empty theater. But the theater... The sad one was the Tupac one. There was literally nobody but us three. But, uh... uh, It was... Same with with Birth of the Dragon. There was nobody there either. I can see that. There might have been, like, one... Yeah, there might have been one other token guy, like some 40-year-old, you know, martial arts fan. Well, I feel like, you know... I mean, what? One of the two movies that, like, killed records... Well, last year, Get Out killed records. Like, oh, wow, this movie fucking killed the box office way more than we thought it was. But that's a movie that really has, like, there's actually more white people in that movie than black people. Just saying. But it was all from, like, a black dude's perspective, and it's more of just about race relations and all that kind of stuff. And then you got um, Straight Outta Compton, which also broke It's like, oh, wow, people really care about the NWA? It's like, yeah, people fucking like NWA. So I think it's just one of those things. Like, And then we went to go see, say, something like Proud Mary, and there wasn't many people there, and I haven't heard any, really anything about that movie. Well, that movie was, I, I think, only we were so excited about it just because it had that poster. If I saw a trailer and not that poster, I probably would not have gone and seen the movie, in all honesty. Well, the trailer might have probably still sold it, because you would not have known exactly. The movie wasn't even all that bad, it was just kind of like, eh, alright, you know. It was, I, just, it was a little bland, that was about the only thing. It was bland, and I was hoping, like, if, I'll say this, if the rest of the movie was like the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie... I probably because she has that cool action scene. They're all playing like a uh, Tina Turner's Proud Tina Mary. Tina Turner version, yeah, but Proud Mary. They're playing that. I'm like, oh wow, wow, this is pretty awesome. The movie is more like this, but it was a lot more of that really forced kind of drama and kind of like it wasn't bad, but it no, wasn't. yeah, it's not. It, yeah, it was not a bad movie, but it, like I think just because it was sold like to look like kind of like a '70s action, almost like black exploitation film. And, and the poster is just of her and her afro, just a bunch of guns, guns and people's faces holding guns and all that yeah. shit. And it was just like, oh shit. And Danny Glover and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, like, I'm fucking sold. Let's check this shit out. 
And then it's like, yeah, and then it kind of goes for like just being like a light kind of subtle movie. I mean, it has cool stuff in it, but it's just one of those ones where it's like it it needs just a little bit more like to it. And that, that was kind of a bummer. There. And I think that something like uh, like the, I haven't really heard anything really about that movie, neither bad nor good. But um, Black Panther, though, I think because well, first off, it's a character who's been around since I think at least the sixties. Yeah, because created by. Um, it, well, no. he, people even said, it's like, well, you're having a superhero based off the Black Panthers? Like, actually, no, nah, he came up before the Black Panthers, but okay. Yeah, because he's created by Stan Lee, I think. I almost say in the 60s, too. Like, yeah. But, Stan, uh, he, he, was, he was created by Stan Lee, even Jack Kirby. And, um, yeah, it was Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And, and the thing about this, I think Stan Lee, what a lot of times he would do is he would like make the first couple issues of a comic. Says, "All right, you guys figure out the rest." Yeah, on to the next. Well, that's that's like X Men. I think he wrote the first thirteen, maybe, and that was mm-hmm. it. Maybe a little bit, maybe twenty something. I think he was on Spider Man for a long time. Yeah, I think Spider Man he stuck for a while, but the rest of them, it's almost like he kind of created the character, created the backstory, and then just let somebody else got take the it ball rolling. Like you guys fucking figure it out. Yeah. Next, how about one other guy who makes weapons and has a fucking suit? <laughs> Alright, cool. How about this one? He's mad that he turns gray. People don't like gray. Fuck it! Green! Green! All right. Who doesn't like green? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all like green, we know, Stan. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> they just so Get fucking out special. Get out. Fuck you didn't agree, Spider-Man. <laughs> You didn't create the Fantastic Four. <laughs> What's so fantastic about you, Bob? Tell you that right now. He comes out, he's like, oh, I know, we'll make Ant-Man. Oh, okay, Stan, I think you're really pushing. I said shut the fuck up! <laughs> okay, we'll get right on it. Yeah, you better get right on it. One day there'll be a movie about someone called Ant-Man. No, there won't. Yes, there fucking will be. And I'll have a cameo. <laughs> I'll always have a cameo. Even in shit I don't make. Even I'll in death I will still have a cameo. They will just wheel me into there. That's gonna be in my will. <laughs> They'll CG me in that shit. <laughs> no, I don't want CG. I want them to literally wheel in my cuffs and make it look like a puppet, puppet. talk. <laughs> <laughs> they can never kill me! Like, oh, he's on this real major power trip. I don't know why we just turned him into this fucking monster. But, um, um, yeah, but no, um, but no, Black Panther, I think just the fact that it stays in Wakanda, you could bring in all the audience, people seem to really generally like it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess by playing it safe, there is that sort of, as I said, I, I kind of expect that from, you know what I mean, I, that's what you get from Marvel Studios, if you want a movie not to play it safe, safe, you go watch a Fox or a Sony movie, you know what I mean, like, that's mm-hmm. called not playing it safe, that's called not really knowing what you're gonna get. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll say, um, I'll say that... It play like Marvel. They they kind of depends on how they play it safe because they'll try different things. Like here, here's an here's an example. Guardians of the Galaxy was now it's not like now you say play it safe. I mean we're not talking about like an R rating. We're just talking about like thematically and certain things about it. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy that had to be a weird pitch. All right, this comic that not a lot of people really know about. Yeah, not even and, comic fans really read it. Yeah, and but we're gonna have it be. Kind of an action semi comedy in the first one, and then it's going to be powered by weird, weird random hits from the seventies and eighties. Like that seems kind of like a fucking stretch. I'll make it fucking happen. Mm-hmm. And just the idea. We're gonna get the guy from Tromaville to direct it and write it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. And then they also like. Not only that, we're gonna get uh, the, a guy from Parks and Rec in it is the main character. Like 
really? A guy from Parks and Rec? Yeah, the fat guy. Yeah, we'll have him do push-ups. He'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, because that, that's the thing. When I first heard about the movie, I'm like, I didn't watch Parks and Rec. But like, I don't think they're going to take this movie seriously. They're getting a comedic actor to play this character. And then sure enough, the movie comes out. Well, it's out. funny because it's like, yeah, he starts off you know, as a comedic actor, but he actually has become like an action hero. It's kind of weird. It's like, how many times has that happened in life? It's happened it. a few times. I mean, that's even how, how Kurt, I mean, Bruce Willis started off. But at the same time... Well, he time, just had the... Yeah, he had the one show. He had uh, Moonlighters? Yeah, or? Moonlighting. Moonlighting, yeah. I don't think that was like a full-on comedy. It had comedy in it, but I don't think it was... I thought it was a comedy, like a sitcom. No, it wasn't a sitcom. Okay. I think it was just a movie that, like or a show that had like comedic elements to it, but it wasn't like a full-on. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like laugh track sitcom. Oh, okay. But, um... But, like, it's one of those things, though, you know... I, and then, so I think the, the fact that they kind of knew how to pa- balance that movie out and pace it out, like, oh, wow, this really weird random thing with just, like, the right balance of humor and action really sold itself to people when mm. science fiction really has trouble doing that. And um, then you get to say, so let's jump over to something like Black Panther. And the s- part of the story, I'm going to say, is kind of... Uh, is kind of... Part of the story is kind of uh, ballsy, because like I said before, it's about a guy trying to start a race war. Mm-hmm. And then, on top of that, though, the movie is still stays very PG-13. But I also think the fact that they're putting this much money into a big superhero movie with a cast that's like 99% black. And well, I, it's, it's already kind of ballsy for the fact that you go, yo, did you guys see when Tupac came out? Nobody showed up at the first day. <laughs> like, I think that right there is always like, cool, you know how ballsy this is just by doing what we're doing? We don't have to, we don't have to do anything outside of this to already be a ballsy film. Mm-hmm. You know, because in a sense, it's like, I think the magic of it is being able to sell, is once again, it's being able to sell, like, because I don't know what it is. It sounds so weird. Like, I don't see how that's like an issue, but it's just, just, just how America is, mm-hmm. is if you generally have like all Asian cast or an all Mexican cast or all black cast they just don't show up it, it sounds horrible to say it, but that's just how it is you know what I mean it, think about it like try to sell a Chinese movie you can even do it like bring over a Chinese movie that's in Chinese to like a family member what's the chance of them wanting to watch that yeah, it is a weird thing, and I don't really get it either, but I know it's there. But I think something like Marvel has such goodwill with mm. everybody that this is one they're willing to take a chance on. Mm. And plus, you also got a bunch of, you know... I, I've heard, because um, I listen to Double Toasted, and they bring, you know it's mostly black dudes on that channel, and uh, they've mentioned things about race before, and they said, well, here's the thing why a lot of people are looking forward to this movie. Because a lot of times, if you make a black movie, it's either a Tyler Perry movie, mm-hmm. or it's a comedy, like Barbershop, or it's <laughs> they a- played it to, They had a trailer before Black Panther that was like, the, there was the Shaquille O'Neal basketball one where Shaquille O'Neal was like in a kung fu suit. Did you see that one? No. Dude, no, I mean, like, it was literally, like, the blackest trailer from, like, the 90s. Is they making a Shaq Fu movie? No, it wasn't, no. Well, he pretty much was dressed like Shaq Fu, I guess you could say, because he, well, he had an afro, and it was great, but it was about a bunch of old, like, basketball players from, like, the 60s or 70s or something like that, mm-hmm. and then the, the guy comes out of the court, he's just this old man, and I can't remember who it was played by. Who the fuck was it? But, like, the whole point was just, like, it was just an old basketball player. And the guy's like, man, you don't got moves anymore. He's like, I'll show you. And this old guy, you know, spins, jukes, and fucking jumps up and slam dunks it. And it's just, like, a movie of a bunch of old guys getting back together. Like, he's like, I gotta go get the team back. And, of course, you know, half of them are all just out there. And Shaquille O'Neal's, like, a kung fu instructor and so on. And it's gonna be old basketball players versus young ones. But, I mean, the movie was, like, soul train, like, is, or soul plane is, like, can be. Like, it just felt like it was a movie out of time. Like, it did not feel like... A, 
I was in 2018 at this one. But I was almost so intrigued by it at the same time because it just looked so goofy and weird. It was I'm like just, I it had like a Space Jam vibe to it. I want to look this up now. I am sincerely curious. And it was like, it was like well, it came. It was the trailer right before the movie started, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was like one's well, like, this is the only time we're gonna be able to put this trailer out. We can't put it out in any other movie. This is the one. We got to do it. <laughs> we're gonna have such a big audience seeing Black Panther. <laughs> well, like, well, maybe the thing is they'll walk out of Black Panther, and all of a sudden they'll want to watch a bunch of black movies. And next thing you know, they're gonna be watching our basketball movie. <laughs> Let's reboot Juice! <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. It's no, a great movie. It's um, a good concept that got kind of like lost in time. Uh, just going back to that for a second, though. I feel like... Uh, oh, no, no, So going back to what they were saying. They were saying that like you know, a lot of times black movies are usually either comedies or... Or like you know something like okay here's like where you see a bunch of black people getting whipped about slavery and it's always a hard drama. Yeah. It's like it's really you know so if you look long enough you can find movies like Blade or something like that where you got a well badass... Blade movie too. It's like I'll say this: those are the kind of movies where it's like there's more just one black guy in it at the yeah. end of the day, and it's just it's just like it stars a black guy, but the rest of the movie has a bunch of generally white people in it or you know a handful. It's like not full black, I guess you could say, or it's not like mixed there, mm-hmm. you and, know. And they mentioned that. And then they said, like, so it's so rare where you get a movie that has this much of a cast of that's all black with this much backing. It's a badass action movie. And they made a really good point about that. So, and I think that's what this movie did a good job of. And plus, all, not only that, all the female characters, like the bald chick. The bald chick that was his bodyguard. Mm-hmm. She was a fucking badass. Yeah, so cool. Movie. Yeah, and I knew of her. The thing is, I don't really know a lot. I like kind of seeing comic book movies where I don't know a lot about the characters. Because I didn't know... A whole lot about Guardians of the Galaxy. I still have trouble thinking of that as a Marvel Universe thing because they, so far, they've been pretty separate from everything else in Marvel. Yeah. And I never read the comic, so I almost kind of like seeing it as this weird space opera thing that I don't know about where Black Panther, I, he's popped in other books and he seems a little bit more connected to the Marvel Universe, but I don't really know a whole lot about Wakanda or his side characters other than Ulysses yeah. Claw. So, watching this... I thought it was pretty cool, like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So it's kind of cool going to the movie where I feel like I'm actually learning something about a character. And you know what I thought was also another cool thing? is because in all these movies like this, there's always that one scene that comes up where it's just like, okay, you know, here's Falcon, or here's Captain America, or here's Iron Man's cameo, or something like that. This movie didn't use any of that, and I thought that was actually really smart. Just be like, no, you're here for the Black Panther movie. You're not here to hopefully hope that Captain America's going to run by and throw a shield. Or you know, they didn't have to rely on pulling in another big character to try to help sell Black Panther. And I thought that was actually really smart. Like, did not do that. Speaking on that, because you know that I'm not sure. Maybe they'll say he's somewhere else in Avengers three, but. Uh, end of Civil War implies that Captain America is hiding out in Wakanda, mm-hmm. which has me wondering: while well, all this shit is going on, is he just laying on a couch like, "Yo, your Wi-Fi's down"? I just thought he'd like to know that. <laughs> he just hangs up and just goes back to like watching TV. Yeah, exactly. He's just got like he's like by poolside. <laughs> How's it going? No, I'm still keeping an eye on Bucky. Yeah, that's you, you got the. Yeah, I know you got it. Come on, you're the Black Panther. You got this shit. All right, cool. You know, you don't, I don't want to get involved in this, you know, me carrying around the American flag and everything like that. It's just going to seem a little weird. He's not going to understand it. My America's not the same as his Oakland America. <laughs> when I, since I live in San Francisco, when the beginning opened up, it says Oakland 1992, so many people fucking cheered. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. Oakland just never gets represented. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, there we go. Finally. Having a lot more movies. Uh, even though it was probably more of like some random parking lot and that apartment was a sound stage. Like, it's Oakland. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, that's what I always thought was cool about, um, I think it's... Um, the Jet Li movie um, Romeo Must Die I think that's the one that takes place in Oakland I have to watch that again it's been so Great long Great movie so good that's a good movie I, you really, know. I really dig that one but, uh, but no I think that was kind of cool in Black Panther though like they didn't have to rely to pull in Tony Stark and make you know kind of almost like make him sort of like here's Tony Stark the whole time he's going to be helping out the Black Panther you know what I mean he's going to give him all the ideas he's going to give him all the technology it's like no 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 Black Panther's his own man he can do it himself, and I think that's just kind of cool. It's not like they're like, oh, here comes, you know, Hulk or something like that. It's like they just didn't have to pull in somebody else to, to kind of, like, boost almost the sales of Black Panther. I think the reason why they did that with Spider-Man is because we've already seen five Spider-Man movies where mm-hmm. he's by himself. It's like, let's spice it up. Because I watched that movie yesterday, actually, and um, I still really like that movie. I know we're kind of doing mm-hmm. different on that one. But I think what that one's more trying to do is trying to be more like... Here's Spider-Man interacting with the Marvel Universe. And yeah, he's fighting one of his own villains. But it's more him interacting with the Marvel Universe rather than being a full-tilt Spider-Man movie. But that works because I've seen five full-tilt Spider-Man movies. So I think it's cool just seeing that something a little different in that aspect. Mm. And seeing a Spider-Man deal with high-tech shit, which he's not used to dealing with. And seeing how that also kind of prohibits him. But at the same time, something like Black Panther, this is his first... This is his first full-length movie, so it's kind of like, you know what, give him this, let him do what he does, we don't mm-hmm. need to have, and, you know, by Thor, that was the third Thor movie, so like, you know what, fuck it, let's make the whole hang out with him. Yeah, well, that, that was a little bit different, I'm not really talking about that one necessarily, but it just seems like, and it's not a bad thing, like, that doesn't bother me whatsoever, like, I'm not saying that, like, throwing those characters in there, but... It's just saying that they, it, it didn't need it. Like, I mean, like in Ant-Man, you know, they threw Falcon in there just for a moment, you know, just to kind of like, oh, here, here's a little tie. And, you know, and the, you know, the original Thor, you got Hawkeye and so on like that. And I was saying, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just kind of cool to say that, no, Black Panther can do it on his own. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need the help of that. I mean, some people say, they're like, oh, but the Winter Soldier. I'm like, yeah, but that's after the credits. Doesn't count. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I just like a Bucky wakes up and just kind of like, just looking across, be like, God. This 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 old war vet can't get away from anything, can he? <laughs> just like this poor bastard. I just look at that guy. That's like the most poor bastard character of anybody in those stories. Yeah, you do feel bad for Bucky when you see him, but you know, God, I should have never signed up. <laughs> That's just part of the thing he thinks about every day. Like whenever his memories come back, is fuck. Why were we so patriotic? Why was why is Steve the one where everything panned out for? I remember I was the one looking out for Steve. Now yeah. it's, he's all buff and saving me. I lost a fucking arm and kicks my ass into a fucking coma so I can wake up later. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking this is what the American dream got me. This is where I am. Yeah. I don't even know where I am now, I have to tell you the truth. <laughs> Never woke up. Never woke it up before and looked like I was in the jungle. He's, he's in the nineteen. He's from the nineteen forties. So he wakes up. He sees all these black people. Like, oh. Hey! Like, don't see nothing racist. Don't see nothing. <laughs> like, goes for his wallet. <laughs> he realizes he's missing an arm. Like, which one of you took it? Which one of you? Oh wait, that was the Nazis. <laughs> which one of you, Jacob? Oh, he's just like, oh, he's just like. I mean, hi. Uh, thank you so much for your. <laughs> Sorry, nineteen forty speak. <laughs> I do like that line when she, when they bring in. Um, Martin, is it Martin Freeman? I think his name is Martin Freeman, the the Hobbit guy. When they roll him in, yeah. he's like, "You brought me another broken white boy." <laughs> <laughs> Just like this. That's like, a good one. Just to fix it and everything like that. Another broken white boy. No, and then um, 
we barely talked about the characters, really, just about how, not the movie, but, like, um, the way Chad McBoseman plays uh, Black Panther in T'Challa, I think that he worked, because he's a little bit more of, like, you can see he's been doing this for a while, he doesn't have that whole learning curve thing, like, mm-hmm. he's new to being king, but he's not, like, he's not, like, it's just too much power, I can't do this, it's more of, like, he, he's been training his whole life, so he's yeah. prepared, it's like, okay, I'm finally presented this, and he's very cool, and he's very calm, and I like that. Some people are complaining, like, I wish there was more to him. Like, no, I like that he was just a cool collective yeah. badass. Because too much, I think we see the, oh, how am I going to do this? There's so much weight and so much responsibility on me. And that could tell be a good story in itself. But I see that so much in superhero movies. I like seeing a guy like, look, dude, I've been training my whole fucking life. I know yeah. what the fuck I'm doing. There's going to be a learning curve here and there. But I got this. Yeah. And then that's what I think that makes also Michael B. Jordan's character, like, the perfect kind of, like, antagonist to him. Because you almost have, like, I, like... You got Black Panther, he's like, I know what's, what I'm doing. I've been training my whole life, I have it all prepared. And then you kind of get this wild card guy who's like, yeah, well, I had to train in the hard way. You know, I didn't get the riches, I didn't get the power. I had to literally go to the source, get a gun, and go out and get as many kills as I possibly can and do the training on my own, you know, as this kind of, like, mercenary, like, warrior. And that's how I... But I knew the story still, like, I still had the books, I still had what my father left me, so... I can read this and come back and take my rightful place. And I think that made for a good, like, oh, here's this guy who has it. Almost like Black Panther's not even prepared for a, a warrior like this. Mm-hmm. The ba- face. Somebody who is just, like, almost like his whole power is all based on rage almost more than anything else. Like, that's, like, his whole, like, life force has been for this moment is just to finally take over and do what he thinks is right. Because he's not really, like, a bad guy. I mean, he's not a good guy, but he's not. His idea is more just, like, I've seen, like, horrible, horrible stuff my entire life. Why don't you guys do anything? You've got this perfectly nice, like, area that has all the technology, all the power, and you hold on to it. Well, there's people out there suffering day in, day out. Where were you? Where were you? (laughs) When they built that ladder to heaven. (laughs) Oh, not living, not living. Okay, he's bringing it back to not (laughs) living. No, um... I thought Killmonger was one of those characters. Well, I even like the whole part, like, his whole introduction... And it's just the small things they mainly just make throw in there and get out of the way real quick so you know how fucking cold-hearted this guy is. It's just the, how quick they are to just get everything about that character. Like, you learn a lot about him with that scene. They get the, the little, like, sickle or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, even, like, Andy Serkis has that good moment where they kill a couple of people. He leans into one guy. He's like, if you promise not to tell anybody, I'll let you go. He goes running then shoots him in the back. Uh-huh. He's like, I just kill him right here. He's just like, this way it looks like we're a bunch of amateurs. Uh-huh. They leave. That you see him quickly making out the girl as soon as they get in that fake ambulance, they take off, and then later they have the whole standoff with Ulysses Claw, that, and like, he's holding the girl like an airport graveyard. Yeah, and he's holding the girl at gunpoint. He's just like, "It's gonna be okay, baby." Shoots her, <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck, and goes after like, "All right, that says everything you need to know about this character." Yeah, like right the mission is more important than anything else in life. Mm-hmm. And he has this whole thing about, like, uh, essentially, he's like, look, there's black people all over the world that are being mi- that are being mistreated, they're being abused, underrepresented, and you guys are the most powerful country in the world, yet, and you have all this ability, yet you did nothing. What the fuck? I'm taking it back, and I'm going to take all these weapons, all this technology to these underprivileged communities, and get them rolling, and bounce things out. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, like, 
Yeah, that's kind of a messy situation, but I definitely see where the guy's coming from. Yeah, I definitely see the bad guy. I definitely, even though he's the you call him the bad guy, I, I see where he stands. Yeah, exactly. I'm not for a race war. I think race war is bad, but given where he because well, he, he's a bad guy because he's pretty much a murderer. That's the he, reason he's why. The, he's willing he's to a kill. guy. He's a guy who's willing to kill to anybody this. to make this happen. Yeah, you know, nothing will get in the way of his mission. You know, what I mean, he's he's not like a full. On, he's not like a. I guess a full-on villain, but he's somebody who's just more like doing it not the right way. Well, I even like, uh, we're getting to near the end here of the movie, but the part when they're fighting and how uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Black Panther, manages to stab him, mm-hmm. but still gives him this moment of like, because he was saying like, yeah, my father always tell me the sunsets here were beautiful. And even though he's dying, he takes him up to the like perfect view of the sunset and lets him look out right before he dies. Yeah. He's like, we can get you help. He's like, what? So I can be in jail for the rest of my life? Yeah. And I think he said something around that line. He's like, oh, he was right. Just look at the sunset. Then he just fell over. Yeah. So. Fucking kicks him over there. It's like, how do you like it? <laughs> Not so fucking fun now. <laughs> just like, God, fucking Black Panther was so fucking calm and collective until this one point. He's like, yeah, fuck you. And he's just down, face down on the ground. He's just like stomping on his back. Like, fuck you. You're fucking dead. Oh, that was so touching a minute ago. <laughs> And it's not supposed to be, like, funny. It's just more, like, just, like, fucking, like, weird violence. I fucking like it, huh? Well, this is, like, well, this is, this movie's directed by, I think this also makes sense why uh, the thing to Oakland at the beginning, because he's from o- Oakland, I believe. I think he's from Oakland. He's at least from the Bay Area. Ryan Coogler. And he did, uh, he did uh, Fruitvale Station, Creed, and yeah. this. So I'm going to say this makes him three for three. So yeah, far. especially for Creed, because Creed's so yeah, so good. It's like one of the best Rocky movies. I think I like Creed more than this, but this is probably my second favorite movie he's done. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, Creed's kind of a hard one to surpass. Like that movie is like talk about taking a franchise that you people don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take as many Rocky movies as I can get, but for you know the average person, like they don't think you can really make another Rocky movie. And it's like, no, you can. Yeah, <laughs> Fruitvale Station was good, but it's so such a depressing movie. It's kind of hard to be one of those things like, who wants to watch Fruitvale Station? Like, fifth time today. <laughs> Fuck yeah, fist bump. Yeah, one of those ones, but um, but it's a good movie. And it's worth watching. So. You, know, you know what I always say about Wakanda too is like, okay, what if you're those guys that have to hang out like? Because they always say it's like, oh, you know, the rest of the world just knows Wakanda is this crappy third world country and stuff like that. So, but you know, to portray that, you know, some people got to hang out in like mud huts, petting you know rhinos- or uh, rhinoceroses, <laughs> and. Just like, you know, going around fucking tilling the weeds all day long to look as poor as fuck. And it's just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, we're not allowed to go back to the, you know, the fancy, you know, most powerful city in the world. <laughs> May they have a rotation. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, 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 I'm just... a rotation. Or those people's like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this whole city thing. You know, I, I want to go live in the country. You know, yeah. feel the grass beneath my feet. You know, maybe there's those guys out there too that's like, that's what they want to do. Well, there's the one guy who, I don't remember the actor's name, but he was the dude from Get Out's. Who was training the rhinoceroses? Mm-hmm. It looked like his whole clan was out there, but they had a whole secret thing. Maybe maybe it was more on the fringes because it seemed like there's different clans. There's like five different clans that over the, that made Wakanda. It looked like his was out there. I thought it was interesting about his character was how it was one of those things like he more cared about revenge than anything else. And since uh, um, uh, I'm forgetting the character's real name, Black Panther, but. Um, What's, what's his real name, his alter ego name? I said it earlier. Chitala? Uh, something like that. Uh, well, Black Panther, since he failed to bring Black back Ulysses' claw, he's like, you're going to actually do something, right? We're going to kill this motherfucker because he killed my family? Like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to bring it happen. Awesome! He's like, he slipped away. Motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, 
Then all of a sudden, uh, Killmonger, uh, Michael B. Jordan comes in and says, like, look what I brought you. Like, bro! <laughs> yeah, this random guy comes Dude, in. this guy just got here, but look what he brought. <laughs> Best homecoming gift ever! Looks like that's all that guy cares about. He just has, like, Lizzie's claw's head, like, mounted on his wall. <laughs> yeah. Like, in the bathroom so he can face fuck it. <laughs> No, yeah, it definitely has that. It's like, almost like it's gateway in. They just let this right... They don't let anybody in here, and then all of a sudden this guy's like, oh, yeah, he brings his body in. Let's bring him in. That sounds safe. Well, it's like they got across that, okay, he had the thing tattooed, he knew all this th- stuff about them. So but like, even oh, still, nobody knew who this guy was. Nobody knew who he was. There was enough there to quite... Like, all right, throw him on some handcuffs. He clearly knows about him, about us. Throw, let's, let's question him. Then he says, oh, yeah, your traditions make it so I have to come in here. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, they, they did Because have... he's technically a possible other prince. Yeah, that's right. So by that standard, he kind of gets in there and so on. But then, um, well, it's just kind of funny because it's like that part it's like, where it's like, he's like, um, where Black Panther's telling his dad, he's like, dude, why didn't you bring that kid in there? He's like, I don't know, no mouth to feed, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He's like, what, you want me to, what are we going to do with that kid, huh? I Think mean... about all the cool stuff you had as a kid. You would have got half. <laughs> You had to split it. Don't we have the money? Don't don't, don't find me on this. (laughs) I will say, there's that whole part where they bring him in. I was kind of thinking, like, uh... He's like, like, how was I supposed to know which kid it was? There was ten kids out there playing basketball. I I never met him. I was kind of in a rush. I was about to go down and park my giant floating spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, he was fine out there. He was with the gang, you know? I, I... how was I supposed to know? Where we come from, a gang's a good thing. <laughs> a gang means you and your lion buddies. You know, <laughs> lion buddies. I figured that kid probably had like a pet like rhino to come help him out if shit came to it. Yeah, I, I didn't know. You know what a gang meant is you sell drugs and shoot guns. I mean, shit. We don't got that here. I, I was only in Oakland for like ten minutes. <laughs> I'd kill my brother and leave. <laughs> no, there was um. It's gonna say that uh. It is, I will say, I mean, maybe maybe they're, they're, they they're do reconnect, and I'm just forgetting, but there's the part where he's just like, Hello, father. It's so glad to see you again. They have, he has like two or three visions of his father. His father's there to grant him some sage-like wisdom. And then, it's like the scene in Lion King when he like looks up at the stars. Yeah, I was like, is he going to move Fossa his way into this? But no, he doesn't <laughs> do that. Um, he could almost, like I was going to say, if someone wanted to, they could almost just, like, if it was like a lion instead of a panther, you could say, this is the Lion King reboot. <laughs> it almost kind of well, has that not, not the ex- Not like character for character, beat for beat, but I mean that kind of like... It has story. a very like Lion King vibe to it. I'm like, I don't know if that's like exactly what... It's Disney, so I mean, like I'm going to say it's not out of the question. If it was just, like, lions instead of panthers, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it's all about, like... They're, they're, like, they're like, whoa, whoa, Panthers is East Coast. Lions is West Coast. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie versus Tupac. Come on. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't come back around. This is like, Father, you were a fool! You did not do this! You all failed! You were wrong! He never goes back to his father... I'm sorry I said that, Father. <laughs> it's kind of like, God, you know, I had like a spirit vision with my son this one time. He's just really sitting good. around this like powwow of all the leaders of the past. They're all in like Panther form. They're <laughs> so like, my, my son comes back and apologizes to me all the time. Like, yeah. my, 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 my son didn't. We, 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 one time I was passing on the mantle to him. It was all cool. We all got along. Then he came back like, dude, come to the party. He said, fuck you, and left. 
Not his exact words. It might as well have been the same thing. Might have well been. He's, he's starting to pick up on that Oakland talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to listen to that hippity hop that he listened to over in the States. You know what else? This is always sounds funny. You know what else this movie kind of reminds me of? is like Coming to America, the Eddie Murphy movie. I've heard that several times. It's like the, it's like the super old, it's like, like the action version. version. <laughs> like, see, maybe that's what people want. Ready to clean the royal penis? Yeah, that's what they want. They're like, we want that kind of ballsiness to it. Black Panther too. He's like, I need to go to Queens to find a wife. Instead of like McDowell's, it's Burger Queen. <laughs> Burger Queen. It's like played by Queen Latifah. Oh shit. <laughs> they're like, well, they're like, here's the thing. We got people in with Black Panther one. Now we can sell them all our regular black movies. <laughs> Shit, they went and saw the basketball movie. We didn't think that'd be possible. <laughs> I gotta look this movie up now. I'm you, you, guys, you, you gotta pull this trailer up. Because here's the thing. If you, it probably won't appear on any other movie other than Black Panther. So you might as well just look it up on the internet. <laughs> oh, boy. But... But no, overall, I thought Black Panther was really good. Like, as I said, like, probably, like, maybe, yeah, maybe not my top five out of the Marvel ones, but it was it was exactly what Marvel needed. I think it was... It, it brought them back to, like... Because that's how I always feel. Like, I always feel like I teeter-totter on, like, like Marvel, like, Studios movies. It's always like, oh, they're, they're going in the right direction, going in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, it's like, they'll kind of go back and it's like, well, the movies are still fun. I'm not going to deny that. But it's almost like they're not taking their material serious anymore. Like, and it's, it's sometimes it's weird to think these movies take place in the same universe where they have completely different, like, ideas on, like, each one. Like, how they, they should make it, which I always feel... I feel weird knowing that, like, Luke Cage and Daredevil and Jessica Jones take place in the same universe as Guardians of the Galaxy. But, um... Yeah, because... It's it, like you just drop, like, Groot and Rocket in the middle of, like, fucking, like, Hell's Kitchen of that universe. And they see people getting de- decapitated with a car door and... Just, like, Punisher, like, beating a wall. Like, yeah, with know. a fucking hammer, bashing some dude's head in and kicking him into, like, a cement, uh, cement ditch. Yeah, sometimes I feel like, I mean, I know what they're doing. They're trying to do kind of, like, different takes of things like that. But it's almost like, I feel like, it, so sometimes it feels a little bit weirdly balanced. I will say that they, I just imagine just, I'm like, like, just all these fun characters just want to have a good time. They've killed people, but it was off screen. It wasn't in a non-violent way. They suddenly just see Punisher just, like, stabbing fuckers in the face. Just like, oh, God. Oh, oh. Like, just backing away, like, Star-Lord or, like, Well, see, you know. that's what they need. They almost need to do, like, because Punisher needs a movie. Because that's, that's where Punisher shines. He doesn't shine very well on TV. He shines better in movies. And it's like, give Punisher, like... A movie and make it just one of those ones like oh, it's, it's the rated R fucking Marvel Universe flick finally and it, it could be one of those movies where it's more like Captain America and like Tony Stark are like shit we gotta go track this guy down like yeah he's like doing good but he's doing good like in a crazy way or something like that and then almost have that thing where th- they can battle him that way and then there becomes like maybe a third villain or something you never know like I could see them doing that doing the thing because they just going- need to cross over those characters I think those characters would just they would do better like because the TV universe is just kind of. I don't know, it's just kind of boring. I think because after DC sort of does their stuff, it's sort of like, how are you going to compete with that? You know what I mean? The characters are cool, but like, some of my favorite characters are Daredevil and Punisher, and it's like, I'd like to see them shine a little bit better I'll in s- a, a movie instead. I'll say Hell, this. I'd take just the Daredevil Punisher movie. I'll say this, because uh, I know that you are not really a big fan of most of the Marvel uh, TV shows, because they kind of linger, they kind of go on for a while. And they're just I boring. That's that. the thing. It's just like, they're great characters, but they're boring. Watch, I'm going to say, just skip to Daredevil Season 2, because the thing about that is mm-hmm. he's, there, he's no longer wearing the, the half-assed black suits. 
and sometimes fight crime. That's still courtroom drama because that's what Dare, Daredevil always has been. Mm-hmm. But there's still from the get go, he's fighting Punisher. Now Punisher doesn't wear the skull to like the very last episode, but it's still Punisher. Yeah, and they have a great scene where Daredevil is tied up to a chimney. And they're like, Daredevil, and Daredevil's tied up to a chimney, Punisher is debating his ideals back and forth. Kind of like, when you hit them, they get back up. When I hit them, they stay the fuck down. So, and I'm going to say, you may not like all of them. You might like Luke Cage. Luke Cage is one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. And it, mainly because I really like that character. Yeah, I like In season two of Daredevil. See, what somebody needs to do is they just need... Somebody needs to go and literally make an abridged version of all those shows and just cut out all the crap in the way. Because I think there... Like, maybe there is good material there. It's just... I just don't like that. It's just TV slowness. I mean, I don't know. I compare it to, like, Arrow. And I'm like, well, Arrow is a very more progressive show. Like, things are happening left and right, and that's the thing. So I just would like to see somebody that's like... That's what I need. I need, like, the Dragon Ball Z Kai version <laughs> of these, like, Marvel TV things. Just so... I don't know, it's just one of those ones, like, I feel like those shows are just unnecessarily long to be unnecessarily long, because they're always, like, an hour long. It's like, why are they, 45 minutes is already too long, why would you want to do an hour? Like, come on. Like, back the fuck up. I want to say Luke Cage, it's, like, they still treat that one a lot like a drama, but the action's consistent, uh, for the most part. There is one point where he gets shot with this weird bullet, and the bullet's stuck in him for a while, and that kind of slows the show down for, like, two episodes, but then it gets picking it back up again. Mm-hmm. I like Jessica Jones. I know you weren't big on that yeah, one. I didn't like the that only one. one, the only one I really didn't like, full on didn't like, was Iron Fist because I like that character, but he was just so like, he just seemed unbalanced. Because there's this thing where like, he was kind of like the, like hey, like kind of like, kind of oblivious. The hey, I'm Danny Rand, I'm Iron Fist, and then, then other times he's very petulant. Like yeah, well. I went to Kun Len, and I know the magical way, and you don't. So, man, so it's it's just like it was kind of go back and forth, and it was just very slow. And there's like a not nearly as much kung fu for being a show about a guy that knows kung fu. So, you know, yeah, I just to me it's just one of those. I would rather just have movies of those things instead. Like TV just always means like, oh, I'm just gonna get the half-assed version. Like, I, you know, I wish Daredevil just had more movies. Like instead, because mm-hmm. I look at the Daredevil movie of Ben Affleck, fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, more of that, less of everything else. Watch season two of Daredevil. Yeah, it's just, I think it's just so hard for me to go like, God, it's like fucking ten plus hours long for each one of these things. Like, just one shit, a I night, got things just, to do. Just one a night. Try one a night. And see that even takes forever, out. too, because then it's like I can't watch other things. It's, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it tough. It's like, I'm just not a TV person, mainly just because it's like, you have to make such a sacrifice in life to watch TV. I know that sounds so weird to say, but it's like, you got to give up so much. It's like, shit, to watch this Daredevil show... I pretty much have to, like, stop watching movies for, like, three weeks. I guess because the way you... I guess I don't really have my time format in a way, because I know that you're always working on the comic, and I try to work on stuff as well. Usually when I do watch something, it's probably before I go to bed. So. That's, the, that's about the only time I watch stuff right before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I mostly... I know it's my, like, average time, like, whenever I, I notice, I'm like, I always seem to get tired, like, right about the 45-minute mark of stuff. It's like, that's always about it, so... So when it's a show, it's a full hour. It's just like, oh! It's just, it's just, it's just that weird, like, oh. And it's just like, well, I could do that, but I could also watch a movie, so that always kind of outweighs a lot of things too. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna, you know, you can I'm not gonna say like you do, you, you gotta watch, dude, you gotta watch it. But I, I mean, I, you know, I think the the shows are good for the most part, but they're not perfect. And I, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make the dramatic. Harder version, which they like, I don't know if we can sell these characters as a movie, but we could definitely give them as a show. Those ones are better, but there's like the ones that are like, we got Inhumans on ABC. It's like, 
Nobody no cares. one gives a fuck. I don't even like the Inhumans. It's like that's just like the knockoff of X Men. Like, yeah, and I, they they they're like we none also the, got... none of the Inhumans are really that cool of characters anyway. I mean, somebody could probably argue that if you're like really into it. But whenever I've looked at the Inhumans, it reminds me of like if you had DC, it's just like going into year three thousand and having to see fucking Cosmic Boy and that gang Legion. Yeah, yeah it's it's like Inhumans reminds me of Legion. It's just like, yeah. Well, Inhumans is like okay, what's this guy sing? He's really smart. And, but when he talks, like, destruction happens, so he has to be quiet, but there's a lot he has to do. That's Black Bolt. And then there's a lady with long hair, and then there's his brother who wants a spot, and they live on the moon in humans. <laughs> That's the tagline. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know who else kind of... <laughs> like how it trails off and the, the font gets smaller as it goes This kind of keeps going. I, I like how I go like this thing. It's like, you know what? I just about this time to go watch fucking Daredevil and all these things. Just I love Daredevil, but you know how it is. But I did watch the Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold movie. That was a must. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually really fucking good. I'm sure it is. I just, I, I like anything Scooby-Doo. Do they acknowledge like, oh, we've done this before, but it's different. Who? Scooby-Doo or Batman? They, they act as if it's the first time they met or... No, yeah, it's like the first thing. It's, it's different. It's not like the Adam West. I wasn't sure if they just do this thing like, oh, hey, what's up? We've done this again. You look different. I know, you look different too. I was going to Yeah, no, it's more like, like, I think... Because there's that new Scooby-Doo show. Well, I say new, but, like, new for us. It's not If it's not from the 1960s or 70s, it's new. Yeah. <laughs> um, you it's, know, not, it's not Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts. Oh, God, that's the best one. Dude, like, I, I was looking that up, too, as I'm like, I'm like God, I, I've always wanted to have them. Like, oh, they sell the season pack of that, all 13 episodes. Does that show actually have It doesn't have an official ending because the show got canceled prematurely. Yeah, so. It's, that's the only downfall. Vincent Price is, like, their, like, Zordon, isn't he? Yeah. That, to me, is the best Scooby-Doo show ever. Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts. And I know, like, it's funny, because I was reading some Amazon review, I just kind of fell down on that. And people kind of, like, have. Like, some people think that, that it is the best Scooby-Doo show, and then some people like, but it doesn't have Fred and Velma in it, and it's got Scrappy. And uh, I can deal with Scrappy. I don't like, like, Doofy-Doo. Like, there's the gray one. They're just like, no, oh, I'm fucking here, too. There's that one. Like, oh, the retarded do. <laughs> yeah. Like, dump, dump, like, dump, like, Derpy Doo or whatever the fuck his name. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> well, it's like Scrappy Doo never bothered me. Like, I actually kind of like Scrappy Doo. You know, I mean, I know it's just like he's like, let me at him, let me at him. All right, dude, just okay. chill the fuck out. He's just got short man syndrome, but still. Yeah. But like, I, like I love. I think it was what I liked about because I remember being a kid and you know, like I love Scooby Doo, but like in the original show. It was just kind of like one of those ones, like, as a kid, you're sitting there like, okay, this one's going to be a real monster. This one's going to be a real monster. And then it never was. Never was. Never was. Never was. And I think that, that's just how you made a show back in the day. You know what I mean? It's like, and like, I kind of get it in hindsight. It's like, yeah, that's the thing. Is it's about, they saw these mysteries about these guys who put on things thinking they are monsters, and they're never really a monster, so they, you know, the, the gang's got to solve the mystery. But like, as a kid, you just want to see a monster. You're like, fuck this. I want to see a monster. So when you give me Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts, and I think this was the original one to finally be like, no, the monsters are real. And then I think also, uh, well... There's some of the movies at that time period, too, but I can't remember which what came first. I bet they're trying to do sort of like a Sherlock Holmes thing, a lot of times Sherlock Holmes would be going against, like, there's something supernatural here going on, like, back in the original books. Uh-huh. And I think that's probably, like, a holdover from that. Like, Sherlock Holmes like, no, 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 here's how it all really was happening. Yeah, well, I, I think that's kind of what it is. You know, scooby is pretty much just, like, the 60s version of almost Sherlock Holmes. And all that kind of goofiness. And then in the 70s, you get Scooby-Doo at the, at the movies or whatever. Scooby-Doo... And the movies where they made 45-minute-long episodes where, like, it was like, Scooby-Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters, or Scooby-Doo and meets Batman and Robin, or Scooby-Doo and, like, you know, Andy Griffith, or... Scooby, like, I like how they were showing this to a bunch of 90s kids who didn't, like, this is a rerun, we don't know. They're like, Scooby-Doo and the fat chick from the Mamas and Papas. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, like, I knew all these characters because, like, at that same time period that Cartoon Network came out, there was TV Land. Well, I didn't have Nick at that night. More or less the same thing. But yeah, more or less the same thing. But TV Land, like, when, when all these channels were, like, actually cool remember when remember when tv was cool that was called the 90s like in every channel like stuck to their guns for a while they didn't sell out yet so like tv land was literally like almost like it was like hey you want to catch up from 1950s all the way on till 90s of like every sitcom ever made it was like oh this is cool like i like this this is awesome and so i do all these characters from that when i was watching scooby-doo and that's almost how cartoon network initially was too it's like hey we're gonna give you a catch-up of like all the cartoons you missed from like you know the looney tunes was, on up i guess it was originally like uh tv land for cartoons at first but that's what it really was because like until they put the cartoon cartoons mm-hmm. which was powerpuff girls and dexter's lab and johnny bravo cow courage and courage cowley jog and yeah cow and chicken and all those ones those, that was the first time there was new cartoons. Everything else was old. Everything else was like, Johnny Quest and Scooby-Doo, you know, and like, um, fucking Grape Gorilla, what was his name? Magilla Gorilla. Grape no, no, Gorilla. No, Magilla Gorilla is a different character. There, there's a uh, Grape Ape. Grape. Really? Is a character called Grape Ape? Yeah. And he goes, Grape Ape, Grape Ape, Grape Ape, which really is, almost sounds like Rape Ape. Like, that's yeah and Tomcat and fucking Tomcat's all about a cat looking to get like he's a cat looking to get pussy and pussy he's chasing pussy he's that's pretty right. much just like a gangbanger of like the 1930s <laughs> hey so here's what's gonna happen Every it's time, him and his crew that live in the alleyway well isn't it like is there a isn't, was there a cop always going after him like listen yeah. here Tomcat listen here what are you up to again you and your shenanigans uh, if I have to, I'll come down here and bring over the fucking Humane Society and spray and neuter all you fucks. Having your fucking orgies in all these alleys. And you're literally you pissing on everything. And your little fat blue friend there. <laughs> Don't act like you're not fucking them. I know you're fucking them. These are the perfect height for your fucking dick. Yeah, and then you sell them out in the street. I know you are. You're racketeer. Mussy, get out there. Put that mouth to work. I don't know, Top Cat. I said, don't fucking mouth me, Motsy. Mouth out there. You know the drill. Well, then he always has, like, the coin, too, that, like, you'd have, like, on a string, and he'd, like, throw it off. He's like, here you go. And he pays somebody. Like, oh, awesome. And then he'd, like, go around the corner and whip it out of their hands like such a shyster. <laughs> I don't know if you can do Top Cat this day and age. It's just this cat in a top hat. Not a top hat, like a like a fedora or something, just yeah. looking at in a him, vest. In a vest, looking to get one over on him, like, hey, baby, how's it go? He's always looking, just always looking to just con everybody. I guarantee you, if it went on any longer, he probably got involved in like, okay, so how much you want for this catnip? Like it's a fucking coke deal, just <laughs> like cutting it up in the alley, <laughs> selling it off to people. So that's totally what it was. Straight up, that was actually one of my favorite shows, though. As like, Jeez, as far as, I like, want to see old Frank ones. Miller's Top Cat. <laughs> yeah, just the dark edge. We'll see since they're version. doing all those other like new like Hanna Barbera stuff like in comic book form. Like, I, I want to fucking write the Top Cat one now. <laughs> I like the idea of just like they just do this big heroin deal with all like the South Side cats. So then all of a sudden, you know, the little guy he was hiding in one of the bags, which they didn't bother to check, gets out like. Opens the door for him. They all get in there. They'll hold him down. They'll just Starts knife him in their sleep. <laughs> they just take the shit and run. <laughs> and I think there was also dogs that chased him in Top Cat too. Like that was the other. There was a police officer, and then there was like because I remember them like running on top of like the the fences and things like that. That was kind of mm-hmm. like their escape route. I can't fucking get us up here. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say. I was almost gonna say like. A fucking Top Cat movie, and it's like a heist movie. No, no, that's a mistake waiting to happen. It'd be a they, CG. They would just, they would just they would ruin fuck it. it up. If it, they went the full, like, distance, like... If, if they could do it right, it would be amazing. They wouldn't, though. It would be like a Scooby-Doo kind of thing, so... Or, yeah. like, or like, 
Yogi Bear or whatever. <laughs> Yogi, Bear. Yogi Bear should have just been Dan Aykroyd and Justin Timberlake, literally dressed in the Yogi Bear outfits. Everybody else refers to them as bears, but no, they just it's just them naked running through the woods. Just be tri- like treating some weird art house film. <laughs> I just think that would be just so hilarious. Just like, just picture Dan. Because look at Dan here. He's like the gut hanging out and everything. Just go. Just he's got the hat on. It's just a tie. Family. Just some family sitting After up. their picnic baskets. They're like, look at the bears. Look at the bears. Look at the bears. Look at just the cock. Just some family at a fucking picnic. Like, they just see some naked man in a fucking tie. Just in its hat run down. Just zoom, like a big shot. Just some big fat floppy cock sweetheart. <laughs> Justin Timberlake falling up behind in like a bow tie. Jeez, Yogi, well, you should have shot, you should have got away with fucking the, the ranger's wife. Hey, you boo boo! Mm-hmm. She does what he doesn't know. Ain't gonna hurt him. <laughs> the laugh track. <laughs> hey, check it out. There's a picnic basket. I don't know, Yogi. I don't think the ranger's gonna like that either. Shut the fuck up, Boo Bear. Gonna slap the shit out of you, Boo Bear. Need to know your fucking place. You always stay behind the family looking over there. Just shows these two slapping Justin Timberlake. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, look at those two bears are fighting over there. (laughs) Know your fucking place. Don't speak out of line. Stay three steps behind me with your fucking head down. I don't like it, Yogi. It just smells like shit back there. It's like, hey, you would only so know. you fucking deserve. <laughs> oh, my God. It's real. <laughs> like, guys, like, I have a fucking vision for this. <laughs> and I just love how everybody refers to him as bears. Like, they, like people don't see him as, like, <laughs> only the audience sees that. What if, like, the ranger is the one guy who sees him, like, there's fucking two naked guys running around still picking bags. Like, you mean the bears? They're fucking men! It's just like some weird thing. He's trying to realize if he's crazy or if the world's gone crazy, he doesn't know. He doesn't know which one's which. And these guys are always fucking pestering him. Yeah, exactly. One of them fucked my wife the other day! And like, nobody can hear them talk except for the ranger. The ranger's the only one who can hear them speak, too. So this is like adds to his, like, is he crazy? The fucking bears are running around, they're just frolicking in the woods. Like, first off, bears don't run around frolicking in the woods. They fucking kill shit, okay? Yeah, that in itself should be a thing you're questioning. Have you ever noticed that the big one's always slapping the little one around? They're just wrestling and playing. And he looks over at them. You smell my fucking ass, boo-boo! <laughs> this is all you deserve! Look, it's, he's the, look how abusive he is to them. Yeah, exactly. One time I saw them, like, Yogi was fucking a picnic basket and boo-boo was jerking off on it. <laughs> this is getting dark. <laughs> Go see Black Panther, folks. <laughs> yeah, believe me, it doesn't have any of that. It's not, it's not a man running around who's called a panther and he's just bare-ass naked. Imagine somebody, like, I don't know what you're going to put in the tags. Like, oh, I wonder what that new... Ooh, something about the new Miyazaki movie and Black Panther. Like, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, they're talking about Hanna-Barbera. Oh, jerking off on a picnic basket while fucking something. Okay. Well, it's bound to get there, I suppose. <laughs> we, we almost should have, like, like, how long does it take before it gets to somebody jerking off in the corner? <laughs> Like, 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 how much time does it take before it gets there? A little there? timer in the corner. Like, like, is there, like, an exact number that it happens at some point? But, um, no, like, still, I, at the end of the day, seriousness, I'd like to see more of those, like, um, Warner Brothers, or not Warner Brothers, but, um... Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera comics where they kind of take old characters and do them again. Because, like, that Flintstones one was really cool. The Wacky Racelands one was pretty neat. The Scooby-Doo one's cool, even though that one just, like, keeps going on and on and on. It has more dialogue in any issue than I've ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. Takes, like... Two to three times as long to read one of those Scooby-Doo comics as it does, like, any other issue. Yogi Bear should be a horror one. 
I know. There's, I just think it's one of those ones like it's cool. I feel that nobody really buys them because it's like, who is this selling to? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like excited about this, but it's literally like talking about selling to somebody from like the '60s. Yeah. You know, I mean, Scooby Doo's like I'll say he's he's like he's a character that transcends like time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you know, kids know him. Yeah, because he, he's always in something relevant. You know, so even like you know, there's '60s Scooby Doo, '70s, '80s, '90s, and so on. You get like a pup named Scooby Doo. Fuck. <laughs> All those like time period stuff, but um. Yeah, no matter what, I'm always interested in Scooby-Doo movies and things like that. Like that Batman the Brave and the Bold one. It was fun, because I like both Batman the Brave and the Bold and Scooby-Doo, and you just combine them together and make it kind of goofy and wacky. Why not? I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got funny jokes and so on. And I learned that what Batman drinks when he goes to a store and goes to order, he drinks buttermilk. Really? Over ice. That's so gross. I'm like, all right. That's my man. My man! It's the way it's the... Well, if Batman does it, I guess I'll do it. Buttermilk <laughs> just sounds so fucking gross to drink. Really? Yeah. I don't even know what buttermilk tastes like. It's, I know what milk tastes like, something... and I know what butter tastes like, but I don't know what buttermilk tastes like on its own. It's usually something you throw in with as an ingredient Well, it's or like something. A, for cooking and things like yeah, that. Yeah, like that. But I've, like I've always been interested like... in drinking it, and then I saw Batman drinking it, and I'm like, oh. It's like half and half. Like, half and half. Like, I love fucking drinking half and half. I can't. Yeah. so good. And just has so much extra calories in it. If it just didn't cost more, it's actually cheaper to buy milk if you want to get those calories. But. I just imagine just drinking like more sour straight whipping cream. Like what people, what, I see people drink whipping cream straight. That's nasty. Like the, out of the can? No, like I've seen them like, we're out of milk when I want to have cereal. Here's some whipping cream. Like, oh God. Like, like the can? Like, no, no, kind? no. Like whipping, like I'm talking about like out of the carton. Like, oh, like yeah. For cooking. Yeah, well that's a little bit different. That doesn't have like, see like half and half still has like nutrients and so on. And I yeah. think whipping cream is just the cream. And that's it. Yeah, that's just like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Can't, can't stay track this one, but yeah. But yeah, well that's Old Man Orange <laughs> Podcast. All kinds of good times. Make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comics, animation, and videos. Till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. Oh, and I want to do one more shout out right before we, right as we're at the very fucking end, because by the time this probably goes up, it might be about the same time, but um, I did a podcast with um, How I Married a Movie Geek. Wait, did I just say that all wrong? Okay, whatever, I just had the fucking complete loss. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like, like, so I married a movie, movie Greek. Draft? Yeah, so I married a movie Greek, not how I married a movie geek. I was thinking of how I married an axe murderer, and I got all confused. Oh. But, so I married a geek podcast, and they do this kind of draft thing, which is kind of fun. They have a bunch of episodes before where they just pick about four or five guys, and they go through it, and you pick, like, a year or a genre or something like that, and everybody has, like, a list of movies, and you kind of compete you know, of which movies you pick and then people vote on it. So it not necessarily has to be necessarily the best movie or the most popular movie. It's probably all due to, like, what the what the general audience is going to choose. So what we've learned from our own Twitter polls is that lots of times it's going to be probably the most popular movie. <laughs> it's never, like, the best movie or anything like that. It's always the movie that people know more than anything else. But, um, yeah, I did one. We did 1996, and it was really fun. Just all kinds of jokes. I liked my list because my list was fucking goofy compared to some of the other ones on there. Because I wanted to make sure I threw some weird movies just because. I want Sam here. I'll save it for the show. You told me your list. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil it here. I want, yeah. I want to save it because that episode's not even up yet. So, mm-hmm. Well, it'll probably be up by the time this one's up. So, Hopefully, go check that out. They have a really good show. And I think their normal episodes, too, are just him and his wife just watch certain movies that she's never seen and you know, see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, real fun. Bunch of guys around the world and good times to be had. Check out So I Married a Movie Geek. It'll be 1996 podcast of um, Film Draft, which was also a learning curve for me, too, because I never watched a, a sports draft before. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it was all it was, it was a whole new world. But at least they put like it's like. Huh, I don't really get the sports draft. Well, if you add movies, it oh, it makes sense oh. to me now. I get it. Speaking my language. But, yeah. But till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange podcast. Be sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comics, animations, videos, and a whole lot more. You can easily support the show by buying something from one of our Amazon links on the website or in the show's description itself. Doesn't cost you a penny, but every single thing you buy from there just by using that link to take you to Amazon helps us out a bit. You can also really help the show out, though, by spreading the word the good old-fashioned way and rate and review us on all the sites that you find this podcast. Anything from iTunes to Podbean to Newgrounds, YouTube, you name it, any little bit helps. Give a sub and share it to your friends, family, any jamoke you see out on the street, you let them know about Old Man Orange Podcast. And be sure to check out the Old Man Orange comic book, Pizza Boys, on both Amazon and Comixology. Till then, we'll see you some other time.